This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M for links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, we hear from Lisa, who is a successful photographer in Los Angeles, California. Lisa tells of her early interest in acting and music, along with the more esoteric world of shamanic rituals. Eventually, she would move into the realm of photography when she stumbled upon the studio of Harry Langdon Photography and found the inspiration in photography to move her life forward. After a word from our sponsor, Lisa shares her story and we get to hear one of her songs titled Transcending, featuring Richard Hardy on flute. Stay tuned for Lisa's story. Support for In a City Like Yours comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the perfect package, which makes it the perfect gift this holiday season. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S. This is a call to action, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Hello, my name is Lisa Nalen, and I am an artist from Los Angeles. And the artist journey for me has been a very windy one, actually. But, it, it, you know, people used to always say to me, you have to pick one thing. And I never really understood that because everything seemed to evolve along the whole way. I mean, it all started with music, definitely 
because I mean, I have video of me, you know, on the groove in my diapers. So I kind of always had that natural affinity to music. Plus, my dad really loved the Beatles. So I kind of grew up on that, too. How could you not have an appreciation for music having been teethed on the Beatles? But um, I don't know. I was always kind of supposed to go into psychology. So I was always a study of human character and always understood it and always knew how to problem shoot. I was kind of like the Peanuts character. Lucy Doctor is in Five Cents. From the time I had a phone, people would call me, call in to ask advice because I have a very wide perspective on things and I can I mean I do get emotional of course because that's the evolution of a girl I think I've definitely outgrown that by now but um, I definitely can see the big picture and so I thought naturally I was just gonna go into psychology but then I got derailed when I went on I was in a dance class with Bob Bannis, of all people, he is, he was one of the Jets in, um, oh, what's Gre- that? Greece? Greece? No, not, not in Greece. Um, oh, oh, in, uh, West Side Story. Thank you, West Side Story. Like, he was an original. And so he taught me, he just had such a love of dance, so I completely got into that. And then I got my first gig on Robert Downey Jr. and Kim Richards' first like adult film thing called Tough Turf. I was a dancer on that. We had rehearsals for a couple of weeks. It was so much fun. It was just the most fun I've ever had in my life, really. Not really, but yeah, close. Anyway, um, so then I got into USC and I was going to go be a shrink like I should, air quotes. And I got into this dance company. And it was just, oh, wow, it opened my eyes to the arts so much. And I saw the power in the arts. I thought, okay, if I'm a shrink, I'm talking to two people, one person. For 15 years, we could go around in circles because I can't tell my opinion. But with the arts, you can educate and you can go, hey, no, don't think bad of yourself because look at this. You know, and so I thought naturally, wow, we could do films and music and all of these things that bring people up in self-esteem. And uh, so I really delved into it. I got into the theater department at USC and I danced on the Greek theater and the shrine and the Hollywood Bowl. And, you know, and then that led into Hollywood. And um <laughs> It was funny because I started off non-union extra, right? And I am, uh, I land up on my first film standing next to Meryl Streep, my hero, and Shirley MacLaine and Rob Reiner and all of these amazing people around me, exactly where I would like to have been, Mike Nichols. And um, so I'm on the set. I'm like so happy. I'm young. I'm wearing trendy outfit. I'm walking around. And all of a sudden I look up at she, Meryl Streep comes out of her dressing room off these stairs off a trailer. And I, she's dressed exactly like me. 
And I look at her and she looks at me and I look down at myself. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> We're twins. And then I get this tap on my shoulder from wardrobe that I had to change. So they put me in this like ugly gray sweatshirt. I was just playing a PA on one of the sets. But I was still, I got, you know, right in with my heroes. So that was kind of a fun thing. And um, what movie was that on? That was for Postcards from the Edge. And then I got like to body double for Sally Field and Soap Dish. And I, I really, you know, I got, I got into a bunch of commercials. I was in like every beer commercial somewhere in that bar, somewhere dancing around. I was in that in the 90s. Miller, Bud, Light, all of it. We had a great time. It was a really great day job to have instead of waiting tables, you know, for a while. But, you know, you keep wanting to uh, move up and... There was a definitely like a misogyny thing happening. I mean, undeniable that, you know, you could there was definitely a glass ceiling. And for a girl in one of those things, it was on your knees and that was not going to happen. Homie, don't play that. So I just uh, had to keep evolving. Right. And then um, I remember I met uh, Alicia Silverstone. And a nicest girl, beautiful, lovely, sweet girl. And I saw this poster of her and it said clueless under her face. And I thought, God, she's so not clueless. And I love her. And I hate that that's how people are perceiving her. And I realized the power of word. So I said, well, what do I want to have under my face? And I thought truth. So I started writing poetry and songs with with uh, lyrics that I felt had meaning, you know, in my my younger perspective. And I think I still stand by them. I totally stand by them because I was really exploring other things other than like while my friends were getting married and stuff, I was I was doing shamanic ritual and traveling up to Esalen and making bands and joining in drum circles and really kind of exploring the world and cultures and traveling and road trips and I don't know it was a great time it really was and it definitely evolved me more I could kind of feel like I can drift in and out of any culture and feel comfortable because I can completely empathize with it and I was honored in being able to participate in it and being dubbed a medicine woman and being dubbed you know in the Peruvian schwars and the Yoruba Ifa tribe and all of these wonderful people. So I did a stint in music. I started writing music, but it was kind of the same, you know, glass ceiling in that too. And, um, but while I was trying to do that, I, uh, I, you know, I had to do an album cover and photograph my band and then do a music video. So I taught myself how to do all these things I, you know I just got online I got a book I got a tutor and I just focused and so I'm able to shoot and edit and video and stills but it was still a rough ride financially so you know I was kind of having this kind of crisis because I I got injured and I really couldn't um dance so much professionally and I was, you know, not really the hot, you know, chick on, you know, 
anymore, so to speak. I mean, I'm more mature now that, you know, once you hit a certain age, they were back then it was really misogynistic. <laughs> now it's definitely better. Thank God, because now I have wisdom, you know. So I was kind of down. I, I was, ooh, it was, it was a really bad time because where are you, where are you supposed to go if you, you know, won't play a certain game and you've been doing this and you have this vision your whole life and spent your education on it. So um, all of a sudden I'm walking around and I see this plaque on the wall that says Harry Langdon Photography. And it was these golden gates that were open and this marble staircase that went up. And I walked up and I walked into this like 20 foot ceiling studio and this little guy sitting behind these few computers on the phone and he gives me the hold it one minute sign. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, he's leaving a message let me know if you're available on Saturday. I've got a shoot and I need some assistance. Thank you. Call me back. Bye. And I raised my hand. I'm like, I'm available on Saturday. And so he's been my mentor and partner and associate now for the last 15 years. And what's interesting about Harry Langdon is, is that he is part of that generation that completely built this city. Like his father worked with Charlie Chaplin in silent films. He was a silent film star, Harry Langdon Sr. And so Junior over here, who's now 85 and still kicking it wild, um, he opened a studio and his first client was from Max Factor and Margaret. And then he shot the Rat Pack and George Clooney, Halle Berry, Reagan, like his list of famous photos like the Donna Summer covers on the radio and Diana Ross and I mean it's I could just go on in the list of iconic photos and he's just the nicest person and he taught me these wonderful creative gifts Um, so it's just been uh, this whole whirlwind of now I know how to express myself completely with the lighting and how I want people posed and what kind of mood we're setting and how we're trying to bring out that person's personality. So it's just kind of been this evolution of the arts for me. Um, Something you said that interested me was that you did poetry. Would you be willing to read something? Oh, well, um, sure. Sure. Um, we can take a I minute. Guess, we can take a minute if you need to find find it. Well, um, I'm just thinking because the one that I turned into one of my first songs, I kind of know. Um, it's called Transcending Fear. And it's if the people got together at sunset every day to watch the changing spectrum and have their troubles melt away into the night just for a moment. It would all feel all right, just believing in our dreams, watching our own light, transcending fear, transcending years, transcending tears, transcending here. The Beatles said, come together. They said, let it be. I think we've lost our understanding of what that really means. It's to be free is what we all need from our fears and our hurts 
Everyone has their own gift. Everyone has their own worth. Transcending fear. Transcending years. Transcending tears. Transcending right here. We're all sitting around a circle like a starry campfire night. Each one from our own perspective sharing stories of our lives and through the light we all are listening because we all like to be heard. Everyone seeing from a new place. Everyone has their own worth. Everyone has their own worth. Transcending fear. Transcending years. Transcending tears transcending right here. Oh,
And um, I had the honor of having Richard Hardy do flute on that track when I turned it into a song. And I still feel it has meaning because I still believe that we all do want the same things. And if we all do come together in that understanding and stop fighting with one each other, like on these silly shows with the housewives and these paradise trips with the bachelors and the bachelorettes and having no meaning to it. I think people are losing that real depth of connection that would make them feel secure. So that's kind of what the album I did truth turned into. Oh, cool. That, that was good. Um, I wanted to ask you, are there any photographers that like, uh, Robert Maplethorpe or Richard Avedon or, you know, some of the, the big names that you look to, uh, other than your mentor, uh, that you look to when you're creating? Oh, I'm very inspired by all of those people. But you know what I've really been delving into for um, inspiration is either going, <laughs> I know this is funny, into the retail shops and seeing the colors that people are being drawn to and getting inspiration from that. And then delving into the master paintings and trying to emulate that. Like I really, I have this project coming up that I want to do so badly. I just, my little model is young and hard to pin down. <laughs> but um, I want to do Ophelia and I want her floating in the water. And I want to do environmental kind of magical shots outside. Now that I've mastered Photoshop, I can kind of put them anywhere, but getting that feel of them floating in water and fabrics in water and doing, you know, something that gives that painterly feeling so you have an emotion when you feel the photo. That's why I've been using, you know, kind of side light on, even on women, usually that's kind of a more masculine light, but, um, but I just want to, you know, be, do these two different styles. One that's, you know, just moody. I just want to capture, you know, with the phone, everybody's shooting and everything. And yeah, you can get even nice light, but getting that low light, that intimate moment captured candlelight or, you know, a guitarist on stage when that light is just backlighting him and giving him a halo or, just all of that really moody stuff is kind of what I've been focused on lately. I did a lot of older rock stars last year, which was so great. Those guys, they just keep getting better. They really do. You get seasoned. But yeah, the photography, it's, I want to start doing more artistic, more, more, um, like cover stories kind of things. I'd love to do stuff for a magazine or, but I love also the last, last few years before this, I had the greatest opportunity. I was working, I had this studio down in Newport beach. I know you're in a different state, but Newport beach is this really beautiful place. And, but it's way out of Hollywood. So it's people that are really not involved in the industry at all. And what's great about that is these women are so beautiful. They don't always see that because, you know, girls have kind of been raised to be a little insecure about themselves. And so I 
had the opportunity to show these women their iconic selves. Like this studio was set up so perfectly. I had these lights on wheels, rolling it, sets set up already that were just beautifully done. And, um, you know, I got to light them. I got to be with them one-on-one and show them in camera as we were going how beautiful they looked. I mean, we'd have makeup done, you know, to the hilt. So they will always see their best self. They'll always have that image in their mind of how really beautiful they are. And it doesn't matter what their age is or their size is. It's so much that thing about capturing the spirit that the Indians talk about is so true. You catch a moment and you can feel that moment forever. Every time you look at that photograph, you get that smile. Or every time you hear that lick in the guitar when we were recording and Mike Subi would do this lick and we'd be like, woo, in the behind the glass. And then every time we listened to it back, anywhere we were, we felt that same joy. And that is so much the beauty of the arts and why everyone should push to find their passion in it. Because if it's painting or sculpting or music or lighting or art direction for interiors, I mean, whatever expression you have, it is it makes you feel your strongest self. And, that, and it adds so much to humanity. And it makes you feel happier. All these kids are so depressed and we hear about these opioids and these people just struggling just to find any joy in life. And it really is a muscle that has to be practiced. And we're so taught in schools to not like ourselves, to not, oh, my thighs are too big or my lips aren't big enough or whatever it is, because we're all variants of the same stuff. And there's always going to be a little something different about everyone. But there's so much that is alike. And if we can recognize that in each other, and we then we support just because you're painting doesn't mean I shouldn't be painting. We all could be painting. All the birds sing. Are you only going to pick out two birds that can sing? No, everyone. Express. There'll be so much more happiness and joy. You have to work joy like you do a bicep because it is our brains work where these you know synapses come together and form patterns and you have to repeat 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 to make that pattern stick with you for life that's why you never forget how to ride a bike so if you practice joy if you practice even when you're not feeling it find your animal and just love on your animal until your heart comes back to life and keep practicing that and find your passion within your art and how you express it and find that and keep practicing that and then build all of these brain patterns that make you the best strongest human you can be and our society would be amazing at this point with what we can do now I mean people I think something and it shows up on my phone And I know that's scary in a lot of ways, but I'm like, thank God somebody's listening, right? (laughs) But it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's great because all of these things that we thought were Jetsons are reality 
a phone in your hand that with video that you can go anywhere and show anybody how beautiful this mountain scene is or that beach or what an incredible thing. The world is getting so connected and we're on this little rock in space. Why are we not working together for the little short time that we're here? It's like a hundred years we get. And then we have to go on to something else. So I would just like to see, that's why I got into the arts in the first place, because I thought, you know, there is neuro-linguistic programming in our brains. If we practice something, we can make it happen. If I've got a song on the radio or an animation on TV or a TV show or a film and they're seeing it, these kids are seeing it over and over and that thought gets into their brain and they keep thinking those positive things about themselves, what is that going to do? It's only going to evolve and raise the height and beauty of humanity. And if we all practice that, because there's scientific proof to it, there's no doubt in my mind anymore. It's proven that that's how you change things. You don't break a habit. You start a new habit. And you choose that habit. Just like you would choose what you wear today, choose what you're going to think today. And that's how we can strengthen our whole global community, I think. All right, everybody on the train, all aboard, you snooze, you lose. Buy my loot boxes. Not you. Get off the train. Don't let him on. Oh, okay. All right, listen here, Greenhorn. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about how to conduct a podcast. First thing you need to know is never stay on topic ever. Uh, sir. What do you want? Uh, people are complaining about the Venom movie still. I don't care. Feed them Justice League or something. Get them off my back. Copy. But, sir, it says in the book that you need to stay on topic as a podcast. Screw the book, Greenhorn. The book was written by dinosaurs. Second thing you need to know is never report news that's not at least two or three weeks old. Uh, sir. What do you want? People are complaining about the Pokemon Go update. I don't care. Just... Gag them! Or something! Shut them up! On it. Uh, sir? What do you want, Greenhorn? I think the train might be going off the rails. That's exactly how we run this show. This is the Crazy Train of Thought podcast, brought to you by the Idiot Savants. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. www.crazytrainofthought.com Let's go back a second for uh, back to your photography. I was curious, uh, do you film exclusively digital or do you also use um, celluloid? No, I am a digital girl. I am. I'm a digital girl in a digital world. I, I you know, was a performer before and I did not go to the other side until I had that injury. So, and that just so happened to be around the turn of that invention to digital, which was great because it was cost prohibitive for a long time. It was really expensive for the lab costs and you didn't know what you were getting when you were first starting out. But digital, and I can turn digital, and now that I, there's Photoshop, which is God, <laughs> I love Photoshop, Adobe rules. Um, you can really create any feeling you want. You know, I know my lighting and I know all the poses and I know how to bring out some someone's greatness. 
but Photoshop allows me to communicate completely. If I wanted to look more blurry, like the skin, usually, you know, that's what was beautiful about film. It like made the skin look so smooth and everything. And then digital's kind of harder lines. But you can alter that. And it's not fake. It's just softening it. It's the way you choose to see the depth of field of something. Well, that's an art in itself. Oh, I definitely agree with that. You can change the whole meaning of something with an edit. Or you can you can completely... Look what they do on those TV shows. Have you watched how they build suspense on nothing? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm starting to, to do vlogs, and that's my problem is how to get from this point to the next point seamlessly. <laughs> right. 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 Well, that's why, you know, that's the whole beauty of... of uh, video though right because you have music and then you have um you can dissolve you know in between and that gives it a whole other feel too you know the transitions because isn't that transition just like in dance you know how's it gonna look i do a pot of beret and a pirouette but you know if i do it smoothly or if i stop in the middle or you know all the edits in between the cuts Change the whole meaning of the dance. Change the whole meaning of the film. Everything. So I could take like an old photograph and make it look like it was shot yesterday. You know? So there's a lot of freedom in that. And it's really in the long run about getting the message out that you're trying to say in your head. Or discovering it along the way. That's another way too, right? Like when you're painting or sculpting. Doesn't the... The medium sometimes tell you what to make. Absolutely. Uh, when I work, I I do two different ways. If I'm painting, I just start. If I'm doing sculpture, I will go over every step in my head before oh, I actually wow. start doing my sculpture. So wow. There's just two different things there. I, I don't know yeah. why I'm so anal with sculpture, but I'm not with painting. Well, because paint, you're kind of adding, and sculpting, you're kind of taking things away, aren't you? Well, no, I, I work in paper mache, so I build surfaces. Oh, wow. Uh, wood and the paper mache and metal and rusty objects and things like that. But that's the beauty of the work, isn't it? It's like that's exactly why you put out the expression, whether you don't judge it, don't edit it, just put out what you are, because you don't know who you're inspiring to do something else. You're part of the evolution of the whole thing. That's such the beauty of it, you know, being fearless, not caring, you know, not judging it. I mean, of course, it's all about caring because you're expressing. But it's, you know, to be inspired by somebody that you see their work and then you're like, God, yes, you resonate with it so much that you want to emulate it. And then you always put your own spin on it. That's evolution, right? Right. In a microcosm. <laughs> so what does evolution have in store for Lisa? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Now that it feels safer to go back in the waters, sometimes I want to go back and try my hand at acting again because I'm still kind of funny. And um, and plus, I could always be the where's the beef lady eventually, you know. I don't know if you remember that commercial. I remember that, like, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's endless now. I don't have to quit at 30, you know. <laughs> But um, but with the photography, God, I'm really I I want to I want to shoot more people. I love the portrait thing. I love it. I my, have my own little studio in my home, 
that I can always go to that I've been doing like local branding materials for people or their product shots and kind of helping little businesses get going and doing beauty stuff for the women and family, like generational stuff with the kids and the moms and such. And so I've been doing a little bit of everything and I'm casting a very wide net. I would love to travel someplace and photograph in other locations and get the flavor of those other cities or countries or wherever. And, um, I don't know. I'm kind of just allowing it to flow right now. I'm at one of those crossroads again that Green Day sings so beautifully about. And I'm trying to see, you know, what's coming up with with the Internet and all this podcasting and vlogging and the whole world kind of opening up in a whole new way. I, I just feel like there's other things that are coming that are on the way. If I can sit tight long enough, they'll gravitate. And in the meantime, I'm just going to keep shooting. And I also, that's other one thing. <laughs> I know I keep, I keep evolving, don't I? It's so funny when I say it out loud to people because there's so many different things I have my hand in. But I've taken some of my landscapes and architecture and beautiful, like, you know, the flowers we had this year after the fires was just amazing. And... Um, putting those, printing them onto fabrics as scarves and wraps. And um, so com coming up with a product as well that I can put out in the market. And I've been putting it on these beautiful cotton, these big, you know, they can wear them as perros or wraps or scarves, depending on, you know, the season. And they have these photographs, like I have one of the wild flowers in Malibu. And I have a sunset off of Topanga and the city lights of LA. And I did one in New York. I flew to New York and I got one of the bridge and the city on the water. And just, it's just a whole other expression of, you know, kind of wearable art. It wound up at, some of them wound up at the Getty Museum and at um, Ron Robinson at Fred Siegel and Hotel de Coronado I did a series for and all these really lovely hotels like the Miraval and the Monarch and such. And, um, oh, I also did a, my most fascinating one, really, was um, Coco the gorilla. She was the only gorilla that learned how to speak sign language. Unfortunately, she passed away this year. I know. But it's so I, sad. She was a big fan of Mr. Rogers and uh, Robin <gasps> Williams. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I'm I love so Coco. excited. Some people don't know who she is. And I'm like, she is profound. She was telling man that we are nature and we need to get it together. Like the gorilla was telling us this. <laughs> so she was a painter. And she painted these beautiful things. Like she saw, okay, get this. As a painter, you're totally going to appreciate this. This gorilla was brought down by a river and decided to paint the river and the pink flower, she called it pink, pink, stink, nice drink, nice drink being the water. And she made these, these beautiful paintings of that. And you could see what it was. And then she did one of love that looks like a heart with red and with pink and orange. And so I, for the Gorilla Foundation, I put those on scarves for her so that they can sell them. And, and I sell them on my site too, so that um, to add, because now Namimbi... I don't know how to pronounce that quite right, but um, her friend 
is just going off to the Cincinnati Zoo since she passed away. And so they still need, you know, to keep him going for a while. So, but that was another really wonderful thing I was able to do with the arts. You would totally appreciate that. If you go on my site, lisanalin.com, L-Y-S-A-N-A-L-I-N.com, you'll see I have a whole thing for her that I'm giving proceeds. When someone buys it, I give a percentage to the foundation. But, um, yeah, that was, so that's another thing I've been up to, too. That's And that's another part of my evolution, too, because I really love um, having a product other than a service all the time, you know, so I can actually go make personal ones for people. If they have an event, I can, you know, photograph their flowers or where they are or for marketing purposes, you know, something that represents a company. So I've been doing that as well. So I'm kind of casting this very wide net right now and all of these things kind of come together and I love them. 